TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you into a Wednesday version midweek of Two Guys and a Mic on the uh, TalkZone.com. Thanks for joining us, Big Dog and a Coach, at your service. At your service right up until 11 o'clock CT Central Time. And somebody told me, I know spring has sprung, the grass has risen. I wonder where the birdies is. We're getting a little spring fever here in the city of Chicago, Big Dog. But uh, can you confirm and or deny, speaking of time, do we uh, spring ahead this weekend? Could it be that early that we change the clocks? Oh, please tell me it's not this particular weekend coming up that it happened. I thought it was way too early. What, what, what's wrong with this particular weekend? You got a social engagement? That This is, this is St. Paddy's Day weekend, Coach. I'm half Irish, which means I'm 100% drunk. <laughs> so one hour loss of sleep's not going to kill you? Well, Look, it's not going to kill me. It's just going to make my Sunday feel like I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Do the well the bars that you are uh, uh, perusing at will they stay open? Like let's say closing time is two o'clock. Now I haven't been out that late in a long, long time. But if it hits two o'clock and boom, you spring ahead to three o'clock, all of a sudden does it have to close an hour earlier than it would be because of the spring ahead? I have no idea what I just asked. No, it, it, normally they close, coach. But I will tell you there are bars that when they need the money they will stay open. Mm-hmm. That's no joke. Maybe it's it's actually a better question to ask in October because it's fallback. So it's 2 o'clock closing time, but actually at 2 o'clock, you turn the clock back to 1 o'clock. Do those bars then give you an extra hour of uh, libation late in the evening? I'm getting a head-shaking yes from producer extraordinaire and a man who hasn't been out in late nights in a long time, David Olson. Yeah, David David Olson's right, but they usually ask the bouncer and they say, what do you think of the crowd? Does it look like they can handle another hour of drinking? (laughs) Because if the bouncer's like, I don't want to deal with these drunken idiots, they Mm -hmm. they usually will cut it off somehow. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Dave's right. They, 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 trust me, nowadays people, they can earn an extra $500 by keeping a bar open (laughs) later on the Saturday night, they'll do it. There's many Chicago bars, by the way, that uh, need to. Get a little extra money. Uh, we'll get to some sports talk here, but a little Chicago and uh, time change and St. Paddy's Day coming up. We'll get off the sports page here, Big Dog and the Coach. But um, the St. Patrick's Day Parade, because of financial cutbacks, and I would assume in uh, many other cities across this fine country, similar things are happening where traditional events, because of lack of funds for the village, the community, the city, Big Dog, are being canceled. It's a shame. You understand it because of the financial reason, but the St. Patrick's Day Parade, one of the great traditions of the city of Chicago and a big money maker for the bars, canceled this year. But, okay, so the city, St. Patrick's Day Parade is canceled. Yes. But I guarantee you the Southside Irish Parade is still going on. I think that's the one that's canceled. What? I hate to they, tell by you. By the way, by the way, just to let you know, they've been talking about canceling the South State Irish Parade for yeah. years, and it's not because of lack of funding. It's because it's because of uh, over imbibing. People defile themselves. Uh-huh. We have children pouring <laughs> themselves in bourbon during that particular event. Uh, I, mean, I love any any sentence any sentence that could have imbibe and uh, defile in the same 
in the same breath automatically qualify. You you gained your linguistic degree. Your sophomore year English uh, teacher would be very proud of you. Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't actually agree with that. I think she actually kicked me out of class a couple times. Well, but I'm saying she'd be very proud now to hear you, uh, number one, speaking rather, uh, you know, Ex- exaggerate a little bit, but rather uh, communicably here on Internet Sports Talk, the student that she threw out of class and suspended. You are now talking for a living, my friend, and throwing out big words like imbibe. And what was the other one you threw out? Uh, defiled. I, I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. That's my uh, English teacher. She threw me out of class one time because I wrote a haiku about elephant dung. So, <laughs> I mean, the woman did have a sense of humor, and it was about nature. So, whatever. Yeah, very few English teachers do have a sense of humor, big dog. And uh, But we are getting confirmation, by the way. Female intern Louisa, no squeeze of Louisa, telling me on the Internet that, in fact, the South Side Irish Parade is the one that has been canceled. There will be no South Side Irish Parade. I apologize. You know what, Coach? i got to be quite honest with you. Uh, I think it ended <laughs> last year, didn't it? Well, that was the last one. We talked about it before. Uh-huh. This has... Uh, I really felt bad that this year I was not going to be able to attend the Southside Irish Parade. Mm-hmm. And now I don't feel so bad anymore. Now right. I'm, I'm now a little more mad than The reason I originally brought it up, because many bars are looking to make the extra money now, stay and open the extra hour is probably something that they need to do. Spring ahead, fall back. You can never remember which one it is. And for you on a late Saturday night in Chicago, Big Dog, you probably do both of those, I would imagine, late at night. You spring ahead and you do fall back. Well, <laughs> if it's a good night, hopefully, you know, that'll happen for me. <laughs> it's Every Saturday night's a time change night for you, right? <laughs> oh, man. I, I got to tell you, so working bars, alive, we hated that night. We actually hated that because, like, depending on people yes. who be bagging another hour, another hour. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, you don't need anything. You need a cab. Mm-hmm. You don't need another drink, you know, so. And we mentioned uh, the many, 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 many variety of jobs that you had over your illustrious career. Uh, we talked about one of them yesterday with a scintillating discussion on shoe sales. We even had a title for it, Close Encounters of a Shoe Kind. Uh, but you have been a uh, more than a couple times a bouncer at various establishments, have you not? Yes, I, I have bounced around bouncing since mm-hmm. uh, the mid-90s, Coach. It's always been a, a really easy way for me to, to make a living. And also, it's a really easy way to Get free alcohol at the end of the night, and also meet co-ed. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, it, it hit a lot of, you know, it touched a lot of bases of, of need for me at the time. Uh-huh. There you go. Once again, you're springing your head and you're falling back. Seems to be the theme of today's show. What? Well, um, I mean, just I do think I'm the only bouncer to ever stump the Schwab, though. Well, that's a whole other topic. I, I, yeah. I, I, I want to ask you: Did you ever have to bounce a fellow bouncer? Oh, I hate when bouncers come in because they always think they're tough and then they get uh-huh. strong. Yes, I've had to throw out, especially guys that worked at the bar that I was bouncing at because all uh-huh. of a sudden they think they need to bounce. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, usually bouncers are the coolest, but they can absolutely be the worst at 1% of the uh-huh. time. So normally they, they, usually the big guys that look like they're trouble don't, uh-huh. aren't any trouble whatsoever. So. so in the bounce community, if you will, in the bounce community, the bounce fraternity, everything's usually pretty cool, but occasionally you got that maybe maybe that undersized bouncer. Is that what you're saying? The guy that I might have a little of the Napoleon complex, and he tries to flex his muscles just a little bit too big on his off-duty time? Oh, yeah, and you will notice that typically if you go into a club, Coach, I don't even have to worry about that anymore because, uh, you, you know, you fart dust. 
But uh, the the truth of the matter is, if you were young again, do you remember the days when you'd walk into a bar and there'd be a doorman that was like five foot four? You knew there was going to be trouble in that bar. Not because people tested the doorman. The doorman wanted to prove to everybody that he can beat you up. And he probably could even though he was five foot four. And that was those usually issues. The big doorman guys, they never have problems. Never. I, every time I see a gigantic doorman I come in the door, I'm like, this guy's going to be really cool. I got into trouble at La Passage, got thrown out this weekend by a doorman <laughs> that was five foot tall at the most, Coach. I am not kidding. I, so. uh, you got thrown out. What was the name of the place? La Passage. It's French. It means La Passage. <laughs> it's French. It means little guy will throw your ass out if you start talking too loud. You know what happened was they had one of these really fancy like things that you put like a dollar in and like the wheel spun and like. Some huh? little like ferry pranced around it, and if and if you got the ferry to land on this one pad, like the lily pad, you won like a like a lobster dinner. Well, I put my drink on top of it, and then guys like, "Hey man, don't put your drink on there." I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And then I go and I start talking to somebody else. And I put it back on there. Next thing, the guys like in my face, he tried to throw me out. And I was like, leave me alone. And the next day, eight guys are throwing me out of the place. Not one person touched me, though. Eight people? Did you tell them you, walk for, uh, you work for the TalkZone.com? Did you tell them you're uh, you know, a big shot, up-and-coming internet sports talk host? You could have thrown that out, at least. No, no, I was laughing. I'm like, hey, man, this guy's the problem. I'm, like, I'm not the issue. It's your bouncer right here, Napoleon. Oh, goodness so. gracious. We love you, big You don't dog. scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. <laughs> <laughs> 888-463-6748. Have you ever been thrown out of a bar? That's our daily quandary for the day. We want to hear the story. Were you wrongfully thrown out? Was there a misinterpretation? Or did you deserve it? Come clean. Whatever it is, we want to hear it. That's our daily quandary for the day, the time. Or plural, the times that you got um, either gently or not so gently uh, pushed out of a particular establishment. 888-463-6748. God forbid you want to talk some sports with the coach of the big dog. You could do that too, dog, while you were describing yourself being kicked out by a, a midget and seven of his accomplices. Accomplices. I was watching the TV screen as the Oakland team was celebrating making the big dance once again. One of the small schools qualify last night, March Madness. Big part of our show today. Oakland knocks off uh, IUPUI 74-64, the Summit Conference Championship. Watching the celebration, dog. We've talked about it before, but uh, one of the great things about the college basketball tournament. Uh, without a doubt, it's uh, one of the most underrated parts of the tournament are the games that get people in the tournament. Basically, you're watching NCAA tournament games. Like, they might be the light version, but this is do or die for these teams. When they lose, they're out. And I love watching teams play. I feel real bad for the seniors, but I love watching teams play when when you know it's their last game of the season if they lose. Mm-hmm. Sunbelt so Conference we- also play their championship. North Texas knocked off Troy 66-63. Didn't get to see that game, but apparently a late three-pointer put North Texas ahead. So celebration in the northern part of the fine state of Texas. And if ESPN.com writing all types of good things about North Texas uh, yesterday and last night, they're saying that North Texas has a chance not only to win some games in the tournament, mm-hmm. they're talking about this team is so young and so good that it'll win the the, the stun belt the next couple of years and has wow. a chance to eventually win some games in the NCAA tournament and make a George Mason push. That's what they're cool. talking about, ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. I was kind of amazed, considering I could not name one player on this North Texas team, but the way they were right in the bottom, it seems like uh, they're the next coming of Gonzaga or something. Mm-hmm. So Now, don't they, and maybe I miss... Or confusing them with another school. Don't they have a cool nickname or their football team They're is known? The Mean Green, Coach. The Mean Green. Yeah. 
their football team very, very good, right? Well, well, they were very, very good back in the mid to late 90s and very early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The last five or six years, honestly, Coach, and this is no joke, there's 120 teams in uh, NCAA football. Over the last five years, they're probably 118 or 119. Okay. Okay. They, I mean, they're abysmal. So it's, oh. I don't know how that happened. They went from being a quality program it could, that could beat top-tier teams to they can't beat anybody. I guess they're basketball school now, Coach. Oh, how the mighty have fallen in the fine sport of football. If we have any uh, listeners in the uh, fine state of Texas, I don't think we've gotten a call from Texas since we've been on the air. If you're in the uh, Lone Star State, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Don't forget you can email us as well at mike2guysaol.com. Don't forget the mic is spelled M-I-C, and the two is the number. Two, Big Dog, uh, have you ever had Texas in your rearview mirror? Uh, Coach, I, I hate to say that I've never been to the fine state of Texas. Really? I've never even landed in it. Nope. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Well, at full speed. <laughs> Maybe we should do a whole show just using country music titles. We have to do well, some... there's, there's plenty, of Coach. Huh? Uh, but next time, here's a quarter, call someone who cares, okay? <laughs> Are you telling me that, or is the actual name of a song? Uh, there's a tear in my beard, and I'm crying for you, dear. You're not torn between. I, I guess that I'm going off track. That really doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I was telling you that. You're not torn between. song. You're not torn between two lovers, are you? Are you torn between two lovers? Uh, Feeling no. like a fool? No. No. Okay, just checking. Okay. We might have to do that. Maybe, maybe as a bit one day. I'll, you know, we got to do a little research, but do an entire show, an entire show, fascinating radio. Using just country music titles. Maybe not. Bad we, idea. Can um, we throw a little hip-hop in there too, Coach? Well, on the same show? Yeah. I think if the country music show goes well, then we you know, carry it over, go hip-hop, we go with the whole theme. Who knows? This, this could end up being huge, and people could be waiting any day to determine <laughs> I mean, what we're going to do. <laughs> I wouldn't hold your breath on it. All right, enough of that nonsense. One more basketball game to talk about uh, yesterday, and then we want to get to the Big East tournament, too. And uh, we'll do more than March Madness. want to get to some baseball talk. we got a little situation going on in hockey here in the city of Chicago. NASCAR has an interesting situation going on, too, so we'll bring those up. But uh, Butler qualifies for the tournament. Well, they were going in anyways out oh, of the yeah, Horizon they, they were Conference. 27-4 going into that game, weren't they, Coach? Uh, they something like that. The bottom line is they had a great record. They're top 15. They were in no matter what, but they win the Horizon Conference tournament. They beat Wright State 70-45. to They were untested in the Horizon Conference. This is a ball club that uh, is not a Cinderella at all, Big Dog. They're for real and could do some damage. Yeah, and they, yeah, they definitely do some damage. And it's funny, this team keeps losing good players. And they keep replacing them with these solid, you know, nobody knows about Indiana, like mid-range kids that, you know, just keep on playing. It's funny that you look at Indiana's recruiting class compared to Butler, Indiana always looks better than after four years. You're like, man, these kids from Butler were better than the kids that went to Indiana. Mm-hmm. So. 20-game winning streak, longest in the NCAA. 20 consecutive wins, and you can poo-poo the Horizon Conference all you want. It's not the Big East it may not be the Big Ten, but there's some pretty good teams there. And that 20-game win streak, Big Doug, as you know, they beat more than just Horizon Conference teams. They won some other big games along the way also. Yeah, I won't I won't poo-poo uh, any other uh, credentials this year, Coach. Yeah, thank you very much. Big East tournament going on. We're down to the quarterfinals here in the Chicago area. Moment of silence for our DePaul Blue Demons. All right, we just do an, uh, an impersonation of, uh, of one of the games at the – all state arena coach when DePaul's playing. Take it easy.
taking these. By the way, during our moment of silence, I heard what appeared to be hammering going on in the background. Are you having some construction work done at the uh, local abode? Uh, yeah, my Asian roommate, Russell, is uh, fixing stuff right now. <laughs> so we have Russell, the Asian roommate. Yeah. Mahmoud, the Middle Eastern roommate. Yeah, no, well, he's Pakistani. Okay. Okay. Doesn't that qualify as Middle Eastern or not? Uh, well, yes, kind of. Okay, but specifically Pakistani. Yeah. We have uh, Hispanic roommate? Yes, Briano. Who? Briano. Come on. Now, you know, yeah, are you for real with the names or are you I'm, making this up? How do I make this stuff up, Coach? It's unbelievable. And then we got we got Cloudy, whose real name is Mike. Cloudy is a nickname. That isn't okay. a real name. Briano Mahmoud. Cloudy's African-American. Briano Mahmoud. Who's the, who would we first mention? Russell. He's, Russell. He's, yeah, who he's uh, Hong Kong. <laughs> but, I mean, everybody's a legal uh, American here. Everybody's legal. They all got their papers and everything. Mm-hmm. And we have one female. List. Uh, who was the female and which of the four is she uh, connected with, at least temporarily? Uh, she's a white girl. Okay. Half French, half German. Okay. And she's dating the African-American guy, Cloudy. Oh, Cloudy's African-American. Okay. Yes. Very good. Which is funny with a guy named like Cloudy. So. <laughs> If you're keeping score at home, folks, that's your roster. We'll go over it again later in the show, and there will be a test on this material on Friday, so please be prepared. All right, Big East Tournament, uh, what can you say about DePaul? They'll have a new coach. Hopefully they can turn it around the city of Chicago in bad need of some good college basketball, big dog. But um, Connecticut got knocked off, a little bit of an upset. St. John's with a much-needed victory. You know, if you don't mind, can I go back to DePaul, Coach? Oh, sir. I was at the I was at the Allstate Arena watching the Wolves game on Sunday, and obviously the the DePaul Blue Demons play there. Yep. And they have banners up. And I'm pointing to my buddies, and they're all in their mid twenties. I'm in my mid thirties. I'm like, hey, fellas, you know, at one time DePaul had one of the best teams in the country. As a matter of fact, they were perennially ranked number one, and a lot of people thought they had the best team in the country year in year out. And they're like, why are you lying to me? That never happened. They thought I was making this stuff up. I'm like, no, seriously, guys. They used to get, like, the best classes, and they were the, one of the best powers. They were undefeated going into a tournament, lost in the first round. They're mm-hmm. like, seriously? Didn't even know. It's like DePaul is a forgotten, and these are diehard sports fans, Coach. Well, they DePaul must be pretty a young. entity here in the city of Chicago. They got to be pretty young sports yeah, they're, they're 25, 26. Okay, 27. well, you know, 20, it's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. I mean, they were they, that long. It's been that long. Yeah. Well, so, tell Russell, Mahmoud, Briano, Cloudy, and uh, Cloudy's female friend, tell them uh, that there was a day. Maybe bring them back a video of a Terry Cummings, a Mark Aguirre, Bernard Randolph, Skip Dillard, Curtis Watkins, Gary the Music Man, Garland. I mean, those were great days. Or um, show them an old picture of Ray Meyer. That'll get their engine started. Oh, Ray Meyer, that's the most classic and best one on there. You didn't you didn't even put a hot rod Strickland out there. Oh. And now the off-the-court stuff would have been the best. Can you imagine hanging out with Skip Dillard Woo! off the court? Wow. A dude with five steals yep. in a game and two after of one bank <laughs> and one liquor store. Skip Miller, getting it done. Okay. Average, so yeah, no. average oh. five steals per game uh, during the game and two steals post game. Yeah. <laughs> if you're keeping score at home, that's seven total. He did. He had some issues. He had yeah, some issues. Well, so did Bernard Randolph, among others. It was They were an eventful team on court and off. And, uh, you remember a guy named Teddy Grubbs? Oh, that was one of the worst, wasn't he, Coach? David Olson, our fine producer, do you remember uh, Teddy Grubbs? He was part of that. Uh, uh, Terry Cummings, Mark Aguirre, and Teddy Grubbs were the three big recruits. And Big Dog, they were the ones that kind of kick-started the whole thing, were they not? Yeah. 
Absolutely, they were. And tell the listeners, and uh, keep in mind, we do have a, you know, a fan-friendly, family listening audience. So keep it clean. But Teddy Grubbs had some issues. Yeah, and I mean, and and bad stuff. It wasn't like oh, he had personal issues or he did a little too much drugs. Like he had like a couple rapes and like robbery. I mean, it was bad stuff, Coach. It wasn't your typical oh, a college student that has issues. First time having a little yeah, money, first time being right. successful. It was like, man, this guy is a criminal. There's a big well, difference. Uh, th- there was mental sickness, I think, in his part. And by the way, he might have, as good as Aguirre was, and as good as Terry Cummings was, both become great NBA players. I don't know if either is Aguirre in the Hall of Fame. I don't you know think what, so. Coach? I don't think so, but the Basketball Hall of Fame yes. is so thinned out that he'll probably end up in there anyways, just for the having the biggest ass. Well, <laughs> We had that segment a couple of weeks ago. Top behinds in basketball history. Charles Barkley. Aguirre, Barkley, Adrian Dantley were among the top three. Adrian Dantley might be first. Adrian Dantley, small ass, but he knew how to use it. I mean, very similar to like Ashley Judd. (laughs) That wasn't the comparison I was exactly thinking of. But um, getting back, just to finish the story, we got to take a quick break here. 888-463-6748. You are, you're missing a little bit your history on Teddy Grubbs. And, and I started to say they said he was even more talented. He might have been better than Terry Cummings or Mark Aguirre, but he had a mental sickness. His big problem, you forgot, Big Doug, he was a serial flasher. Is really? I a, didn't know he was a serial flasher. He is six feet, eight inches tall, star of the DePaul team, and he got caught one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, multiple times. On campus, on DePaul, he was doing this? Flashing. I mean, the, the raincoat, the no clothes, I mean, the traditional thing. He, he had a, you know, it was a mental sickness, whatever you want to call it. But that was the end, eventually, of the career of Teddy Grubbs. I was I not was, aware I of that. that face. I was in fourth grade, though. Yeah, but you weren't six, eight, and you couldn't dunk the ball, so nobody cared. Yeah, and, and you were a very mature fourth grader, by the too, way, too. So that was an issue. Yeah, you hit puberty in third grade, so it was a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow, has this show gotten off track? We're taking a quick break. When we come back, our obituary of the day, spring training baseball report. The big dog takes us around Major League Baseball. We'll have uh, other fun stuff to come. David Olson, our producer, wants no part of the show right now. Back in a minute, talkzone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com 242 red 17 17 split right hut 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 
Welcome back. Two guys at a mic. Mike, uh, talkzone.com. Big dog and a coach. Emails. Send them in at, uh, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. One hour show, show. We do it every Monday through Friday, five days a week, one hour a day, five in total. Big dog, our obituaries today. We have two, one child actor star, Corey Haim. Passing away at the way too young age of 38, about the same age as you are. Uh, and I can't remember a movie. I mean, I remember seeing it in movies. Meatballs, coach. Huh? It was Meatball. There you go. That's one. Corey Haim is Corey dead. Haim passed away. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting so a what look. Do you, what did he die of? I'm getting a look from our producer extraordinaire, David Olson. Did he not pass away? No, he, he passed away. He wasn't in Meatballs, though. No? Oh, he wasn't in Meatballs? No, no, no. That was before his time. Oh, okay. It was uh, Lost Boys. Um, that's all I can think of. I, I, you know, Lu- but you're right. I should have thought of Lost Lucas, Boys. Lucas, that's, that's the other one. his most famous role. So what was his most famous? Lucas. Uh, Lost Boys. I, 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 would, I would argue and say it was Lucas. He was in Lucas, too? He was Lucas. Wow. Because they filmed that at Glenbard West High School for, like, the football scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I remember that's obviously there was I never one, saw that though. One movie he was in where they were driving cross country, he and his dad, and I'm gonna say Kurt Russell, maybe. And they were both criminals, or was it John Voigt? But a pretty good movie. And they just traveled town to town avoiding the uh and he was tra- the dad was worse than him, and the kid was trying to straighten out the dad, but Corey Hing <laughs> passed away at the age of thirty eight. Apparently a little drug situation got into trouble. It's tough for those young actors, big dog, you know that. In then obituary number two, R1. R1 has passed away, Joel. R1. R1. Lincoln Park Zoo's oldest animal, an alligator. I'm sorry, a crocodile. Don't confuse. You get the animal people very mad at you. Oh, you yeah. Confuse so you the... don't want to get those tree hunters mad at you. I, 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 I went out with a young lady that was uh, into the animals, shall you say. I mixed up the crocodile and the alligator. That was the end of that particular relationship. Our one 72-year-old crocodile passing away, the oldest animal at Lincoln Park Zoo. Well, well yeah, crocodiles do live to be pretty old. They probably, if that mm-hmm. thing wasn't in uh, captivity, it probably could have lived to be even older mm-hmm. than that, too, Coach. And apparently, so. you know, our one, I'm reading the little mini article here, apparently um, they couldn't get him to mate. They could not. He was just disinterested over the years. But finally, back in, looks like, 2007, Another crocodile named Maggie finally uh, cracked the hatch, shall we say. Well, I don't know what Maggie had going for her, but R1 finally uh, made it. And there were five mini crocs from R1 and Maggie. So there's five little crocs thanks to R1. That happened in 2007 because in 2007 I divorced a girl named Maggie that reminded <laughs> me of a crocodile. <laughs> Is there a connection? Yeah. No, just joking. Just joking. Yeah, just joking. Goodness. I had to. That's I have the only, uh, I'm the only happily divorced person ever. I'm, it's all good. I'm, I'm not angry. Thank so, you very much. Yeah. Uh, so there's our obituaries for the day. We got to get a sponsor for that particular segment. If you're interested, by the way, in sponsoring this uh, somewhat dysfunctional show, give us a call. Better yet, email us at mike2guysaol.com. Big dog and a coach with you up till 11 o'clock. Joel, um, little baseball notes, spring training. Uh, we know the big injury to Joe Nathan talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's definitely official. It's going to hurt the Minnesota Twins, but you know, as well as I do, and you're a White Sox fan, the Minnesota Twins are resilient, if nothing else. Well, yeah, I don't know if you would call me a White Sox fan. I, I, I do live in the city of Chicago, roof for Cubs. But if, uh, you, know, you know, it isn't official with Nathan now, because you know what they're going to do? They're going to wait two weeks. 
Okay. And then they're going to have him throw a ball, and they're going to see if it hurts or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate to tell you, it's a rip ligament. but it's going to hurt two weeks from now, too. So, well, yeah, you're probably right. It is kind of official, but the Twins are still, like, they're still holding out hope that it's something he can deal with this season. So, yesterday it seemed official, and mm-hmm. the story turned to we're going to wait and see for a couple of weeks before we make it official. Uh, our, our medical people, we talked to them before the show, Dr. Arno Schwarzenegger, <laughs> And Layaway Larry, who was a part-time doctor, they have told us that, in fact, they disagree with you a little bit. They can, he can rest a couple of weeks and come back without soreness. But it's an ulnar ligament. And after, if he's going to throw, it might be game one, it might be game three, it might be game seven, but that puppy's going to go out again, and there's no way he can survive even a third of the season, according to our medical people, which are still working for their doctoral degrees. Yeah, this guy's 35 too, so yeah. they might. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. Are they gonna are they gonna try to get another closer, or are they gonna? I mean, that's that's a mm-hmm. it's a big decision because I mean the guy is good closer. So are you gonna throw him out there, or are you gonna try to save his career? It's a it's a pretty uh, tough decision. As I prefaced it by saying, the Minnesota Twins are amongst are the if not among the most resilient teams in Major League Baseball. They find ways to fill in players. Their minor league system is very, very good. As you know, Dov, they don't spend a ton of money, but they find ways to play good, competitive baseball. Oh, heck yeah. And they and they do they, – they, they get the right free agents consistently, Coach. Uh, they do have a little bit more money than they normally have coming in because of the brand-new stadium that opens uh, for them this year. So they're, I guess they're going to have a little bit larger – uh, payroll than than they normally can have in Minnesota. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean they're not going to change their philosophy or decade. Right, coach. They're still going to be the the piranhas, as mm-hmm. uh, Ozzy will call them. But yeah, uh, fundamentally sound, well coached. They all do the little things well. If you're a baseball fan, folks, listening to the show, checking in from an area, uh, particular city, team you root for, you want to talk a little bit about your first week, week and a half, uh, some of the concerns you have, maybe uh, you know boast on your team a little bit. Talk a little smack, if you will, with some Cubs fans right here, the coach and the big dog. Uh, give us a call. Talk some baseball, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Producer extraordinaire David Olson telling me that apparently there's a press conference, uh, Joel, scheduled for later this morning. Not a press conference. It's already done. It's already done. Already done. So we were, we are reporting late news. We are reporting late news. Nomar Garciaparra announcing that uh, he will not play this year. Potential Hall of Fame career, and he uh, is retiring, Big Dog. It's not. I don't think it's a potential Hall of Fame career anymore, Coach. I don't even know if that guy who for a couple years was one of the finest hitters around even got 2,000 hits in his career. Think about it, Coach. I don't think he did because 97 was his rookie year. In 2001, his fifth season is when he had that wrist injury. And he was never the same after that. He was okay. never. Really I, I wasn't sure which way. She, uh, at first, I thought you were arguing that he is the Hall of Fame. You're saying that he's not really a contender. No, no, he's not. Yeah, okay. he's, I would, he, I would agree with that. He's, uh, he's like one of those shooting stars. He was mm-hmm. awesome for a short, short time, yep. and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of the common people. That's uh, my, my modus operandi throughout my life. But when it comes to the baseball Hall of Fame, big dog, I'm an elitist. I'm a Hall of Fame elitist. And usually when it's those in-between guys, I say, no, I want the Hall of Fame to remain elite. Nomar Garciaparra amongst those guys. Very, very good, but um, not quite good enough to be in the Hall. I, you know, I agree totally with you. and, and, and I, I could completely agree with your philosophy on the Baseball Hall of Fame, so I don't like when we agree. 
I, for some reason, I'm a little bit more pretentious when dealing with who gets into the baseball hall of fame than I care about the yes. basketball hall of fame. And as you've mentioned before, every time you agree with me, you have to think twice about your particular opinion. Yeah, I do. I had that. It's kind of funny. Normally, when I know we're disagreeing, I'm thinking normal. <laughs> All right, uh, just uh, on your Sox and Cubs here, the city of Chicago, dog. Um, the early impressions I'm getting, see if you're with me here, and I haven't broke it down yet. Uh, early on, I did go over with the producer, Randy Myers, last week. We went down every Cubs game, yeah. and we had the Cubs going 78 and 81. There were six games undecided. But Okay, which was actually that would be three games undecided. Well, whatever. Know. Close enough. Roll with the bit, will you please? Uh, okay. the, the, just the impressions I'm getting, the feel early on, it can change. The Chicago White Sox could be very, very good this year. I'm getting some good karma, good feeling. Would, and the Chicago Cubs, not the same. I, I'm getting the feeling this could be a down year for the beloved. I, I think it isn't it kind of obvious. I actually, uh, I, I don't want to sit here and bash the Cubs. I, 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 I They'll be around 500. I just don't see them actually really contending for a playoff. The White Sox are really good. They're really good. Look at their pitching staff. I mean, I mean, Jake Peavy, Mark Burley, right there, Gavin Floyd, John Danks, that's a really good pitching staff. Coach. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit faster than last year. They're, they're a little bit better defensively than last year. Uh, I think they're going to win the division this year. But it's funny, whoever's predicted to win the American League Central finishes in fourth place. because Everybody knows who finishes in fifth. That's a team that's in first place on May 1st every single year the Kansas mm-hmm. City Royals. They're going to finish in fifth. And the team who finishes in first is the team that's predicted to win. And the team that finishes in first is the one that's supposed to finish in fourth. I know I confuse everybody, but mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen in the AL Central because that's what's happened the last 15 years. Baseball guru Joel Radwanski, a man who's played baseball, by the way, at the highest level except high school, college, or pro, uh, joining us here <laughs> on the thetalkzone.com, 888-463-6748. Dog, the uh, Cubs, on the other hand, they just, uh, two words come to mind, old and stale right now. There's just not a lot of zest. However, the players are talking about the clubhouse being a lot more user-friendly this year, so maybe I've got the wrong impression. Yeah, they, I guess Kevin Millar has brought in more than one blow-up doll, so that helps. That has helped, because he's, a, <laughs> I guess he's a real jokester uh-huh. in, in the locker room. It's always good to have one of those. Yeah, I, I guess um, a little bit less pressure in the club, Cubs clubhouse this year. Everybody knows that they're going to be bad, so now all of a sudden they're kind of enjoying their spring training, and and they don't have to worry about all the, the expectations of of ending the hundred and whatever year uh, drought it is. And this year we know it's not going to be ended, so they don't have to listen to, you know, you know they don't have to listen to a question after question about it. So I, I guess maybe they're more relaxed, and it's a little bit easier clubhouse to be in, coach. Isn't mm-hmm. it kind of sad? Well, so. you said it. Is it kind of sad? It is, it is a little sad. Well, you could have the other impression on it, too. But the, the bottom line is, hopefully, uh, happy clubhouse, happy results on the field if they can stay healthy. you got an old team, though. I mean, and Derek Lee at first, right? Aramis Ramirez at third. Kosuke Fukudome is not exactly getting real young. No, no. Uh, Alfonso Soriana. And, and uh, you know, a couple of the pitchers, a couple of the bullpen guys. So age could be a factor. We need a zest of youth. Maybe this kid, Starlin Crastro, the 19-year-old potential sensation, maybe somewhere along the way he adds a little uh, speed and zest and youth. That seems to be, when I look at the Cub lineup, that's what's missing, the kind of the spark, the energy, the youthful uh, uh, vibrance, if you will. Coach, if that kid ends up being as fast and as productive for the Cubs as everybody's saying that he's going to be in a couple of years, They'll finally have a player like that that we've been begging for, somebody that can be 
you know, exciting on the base pass and, you know, can get on the base pass and create a little havoc every once in a while. They, you're right. They desperately need that. This station the station stuff just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they gave Alfonso Soriano $136 million because he was supposed to come and steal bases and, you know, be a force on the bases. And, you know, that hasn't happened. So, mm-hmm. and, and you're right. Fugadome, you know, he's actually a really solid base runner. He just needs to get on base more often. And then, and then the other guys, you're, you're right, like Aramis and Derek Lee, those guys are they're run producers. They're not runners. So mm-hmm. that's what we're stuck with here in the city of Chicago. Though. Yeah, and, and things could change. I mean, it's almost true with every Major League Baseball time, uh, team this time of year. There's probably some teams like the Yankees and Red Sox where they can only fall so much. They're going to be good. The question is, will they be great? There's a couple of really bad teams, maybe a Washington Nationals, a couple others that uh, – you really can't see much of a ceiling bar, but for the large majority of the teams, if they stay healthy and if certain guys have good seasons, there's a picture where they could be very, very good. And the same thing with, and it's true certainly with our Cubs and Sox, if things go on the bad side, both those teams could slip and, and, and fall off the face of the baseball earth. So uh, I, it's going to take some injuries for that to happen to the White Sox. Well, or bad seasons. I mean, let's say they say perfectly healthy, and I mean, this, these are things. I'm going to throw some things out out at you that are not beyond the uh, realm of comprehension. They are, you know, could fairly easily happen. Paul Canerco finally hits the age gap and just can't hit like he used to. Becomes a 250-260 guy. Carlos Quentin can't become the Carlos Quentin of two years ago, and he's just an average left fielder. Alex Rios stays like he was last year, and let's just throw in. Uh, Let's say, let's say Beckham does okay, but let's say Ramirez, the shortstop, does not take that next step up. Now you put all that together, maybe an AJ Persinski, you know, he kind of levels off. And, and none of those things are drastic things. A lot of them are like 30% chance things of happening. Yeah, I can see all that stuff can happen. Yeah, it's and, definitely a possibility that the White Sox don't win the division and, and, and it's the Twins or the Tigers coach, you know, that's, that's definitely feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like the fact that I think White Sox have a much better chance this year of a good season. Yeah, but the, but the point I was trying to make, and we got to head to a break here, switch off the baseball talk, is that this time of year, except for the few teams on top, few teams on the bottom, there are scenarios where teams could go in opposite directions, or either way, they could be pretty bad or they could be really really good, and they're not if drastic things happen, but just if certain. Rolls of the dice, if you will, happen to come through or not. The Cubs, I just we painted kind of a a negative picture of the Cub. Well, let's say Marlon Byrd is a good pickup and produces. Okay, let's say Kosuke Fukunome finally in his help me out third or fourth year with the Cub. This will be his third year with All the right, Cub. Third year with the Cub, it finally kicks in. He's comfortable now in the country, and he starts to figure out pitching, and he starts to become the Kosuke Fukunome that he was in Japan. Giovanni Soto. Plays like he did his rookie year, and Derek Lee returns to form. And again, none of those four things are, I'm not throwing out drastic things. But if if all four of those turn out the same way, you turn over the same card and it says yes, all of a sudden, Chicago Cubs are right there contending. You know what, Coach? All that is, that's all well and good. And if all that happens, and even more, they're even better than everything you said, it won't make any difference. If Carlos Zambrano still has his head up his ass, or Ted Lilly is, um, what do you call it, uh, like non-existent for the uh, for the whole season, if he doesn't get back from his uh, the the shoulder surgery and the knee issue that he has, I think the Cubs' whole season rests on Carlos Zambrano and Ryan Dumpster and those guys. Mm-hmm. 
pitching. They're starting pitching will determine whether I've already. We know what we're going to get out of the Cubs. It would be nice if we got all Marlon Bird and Fukudome and everybody, you know, on full tilt. But if if they're on full tilt and Zambrano's bad and Dempster's bad and Lily's hurt, it won't make any difference. Spoken like a true baseball expert. The voice of reason here, at least somebody is, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on two guys in a mic. Pitching, pitching, pitching. And stop bitching about the pitching, will you? I'll stop bitching about our pitching, Coach. All right. We'll take a quick break. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. Female intern, no squeeze of Louisa. Tell me it's time to take a break. Back in a minute. to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, TalkZone.com, Two Guys and a Mic, big dog, of four topics left, four. And we've got 16 minutes and 18 seconds to do it. Not sure if we're going to pull that off. You tell me where you want to go. We can go A, voting and elections in Iraq. Little sports guys talk politics. B. Chicago Hockey Goalie Gate, C, Controversy in NASCAR, or D, Spring Football. And don't pick D. I'm not ready for Spring Football and College Football yet. Okay, so obviously I won't pick D because you told me not to pick it, even though you know that's probably what I was going to pick. Really? You would have gone – so you're into the College Football, Spring Football, huh? Well, actually, I do know what what you're talking about with the NASCAR controversy. I'm 100% up on that particular issue. Uh, So I kind of want to go with the – the voting and elections in Iraq. I'll choose door number A, Coach. <laughs> Where Carol Merrow is standing, right? Door number A. That's Ladies and gentlemen, sports guys, talk politics. Always a dangerous segment here on TalkZone.com. But it's a serious subject, and it's um, as tragic as some of the events have been the past couple of weeks with terrorists trying to discourage voters in Iraq. Despite all that, Big Dog, it's still an inspirational story to read that there are, in fact, free elections. And I think, like, uh, what was the voter turnout? Sixty-eight percent, I want to say. Uh, I didn't know that it was that high. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've heard before where it was like ninety percent in in Iran. So, mm-hmm. isn't it disgusting though that there are whatever you want to call them terrorists or whatever name you want to put on them, but groups or individuals, uh, you know, however it's organized, that actually go out and terrorize people and and and, and put bombs down and threatening notes. 
trying to get people not to go out and vote in the free election, actually killing people and setting bombs. It's just disgusting that humanity can get that low, but that's what went on in the previous couple of weeks in the fine country of Iraq. You know what? Uh, a lot of times you hear about people who died for the right to vote, and normally it's in a war where yep. you, you know you have guns and you're fighting for your freedom. Very rarely do you hear about people find, dying for the right to vote because they were going mm-hmm. to the ballot box to put a yeah. you know to actually vote. That I mean, uh, I, I'm not there. I can't speak for it, but it sounds like every single Iraqi citizen that uh, had the bravery to walk out of their house and drive and or walk or however they got there to the voting booth literally was taking their hands or their their own life into their hand they were risking their lives by doing so yeah and this has been a continual trend for every single election they've had in in, mm-hmm. in uh, over the last couple of years so mm-hmm. it's pretty sad all right but 68 percent voter turnout i'm not even sure who won do we have the results i think rod blagojevich finished sixth he got some write-in votes well, i got to tell you something. The, the road construction is really going to bog down down <laughs> over there. I tell you that. And they got enough concrete, Coach. There's really no issue for it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anything else? Because you are our sports political expert before we move on to uh, topic number B or curtain number B. Uh, we can go to curtain B now. Let's go. We're done with Iraq, huh? Yes, please. Okay. That was one of our weaker sports guys talk politics. All right. Real quick in NASCAR. Over the weekend, I can't even remember who won the race, but there was controversy having to do with Carl Edwards. They uh, accused him, Big Dog, I don't know if you saw it or not, of purposely, purposely running into another driver and endangering that guy's life and some of the fans as well. By the way, first of all, Kurt Busch won this week. Okay. Uh, it's good to know. And secondly, before I go here and I bash Carl Edwards, I will want to tell you this. I, I appreciate the fact that Carl Edwards, admitted he crashed him on purpose. He didn't do the Tony Stewart or Juan Pablo Montoya. I did not know what I did. I didn't. I mean, like Tony Stewart's one of the best drivers in the world, and the guy crashes people consistently. Every time he does it, he says it's an accident, but he does it the same way all the time. Carl Edwards was like, yeah, I did it. I did it on purpose, and that's the type of person I am. And he's like, I'm glad he walked away. I didn't want to kill anybody, but uh, you know, I did do it on purpose. I appreciate Carl Edwards for doing that, but it goes back to last year. Remember the crash? that Carl Edwards had in Talladega. Do you remember some of the most spectacular crashes in mm-hmm. the history of the NASCAR? Yep. Well, last year, Keselowski was riding in, in, in Talladega. Edwards was in front, and Edwards came flying down to block Keselowski. And if you go below the yellow line, which means Keselowski would have to move or he was going to hit Edwards because mm-hmm. Edwards was in his line, Keselowski would have lost the race. So he stayed his line, which meant that Edwards, Ran into Keselowski, which sent Edwards into the air, and it was just a fun. It was the one where the the actual um, what do you call it? The the fence stopped the stopped Edwards' car from going into the crowd and killing spectators, and I mean hundreds of spectators that would have killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Edwards, I guess, had it in him. He wanted to get Keselowski back, even though technically Keselowski did nothing wrong the first time. So. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Edwards, the 115 laps back in the in the race. So if he doesn't finish, it's not going to hurt him that bad. And he decides to purposely crash Brad Keselowski, who flipped in the air, landed on his on his roof of his car, but it hit the edge of the track. Coach, it could have been really. It hit like the the wall, and mm-hmm. it hit the top of his car. If it was over a couple of feet, it would have killed him. So I mean, it, it's dangerous. You know, it's all cute. You want to crash them? You're a great driver. Normally everything is fine, but. When things go in at 195 miles an hour exactly like you anticipated, people die at 195 miles an hour, Coach, and that could have included spectators. Thank so goodness. Carl Edwards uh, very bad. Yeah, I don't understand that 
thinking, and, oh, well, I guess I understand it, but don't agree with it. But thank goodness a NASCAR has installed uh, uh, higher railings, larger wall barriers to protect the fans. They the, they redid the fences like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And about four years ago, they redid the wall. Okay. Every, and if all that stuff wasn't done, there 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 would have been death last year in Talladega when Carl Edwards flipped into the stand and into yeah. that fence. Yeah. That was, you know, in any wow. other sport, you know, hockey, we see it sometimes. They drop the puck. Eight seconds later, there's a fight. You know, it's a little get back from a game before. It can happen in football. It can happen in a lot of sports. And you never condone it. Most of the time you don't condone it, but you can understand that it's not the end of the world. But like you said, you want to get your revenge, not when you're driving 195 miles an hour. Well, yeah, you know you're yeah. not only endangering the other driver; you got innocent fans that can get killed too. So, and, but but some of the controversy is apparently NASCAR gave the proverbial slap on the wrist to Carl Edwards. They did not suspend him. No, and they didn't take points away, which trust me is the most important thing: suspensions mm-hmm. and points. And all they did was fine him. And I tell you something: you you uh, does a race car driver have any comprehension of what money is? Do you think a ten thousand or twenty five thousand dollar fine means anything to a guy like that who isn't mm-hmm. even the one writing the check anyways? You know, so you wanna you wanna wake somebody up, don't don't find a millionaire twenty five thousand dollars, especially <laughs> when he isn't even the one writing the check. Yeah. Okay. And they and they did put him on a quote unquote probation where the next three matches we're gonna be watching you, like, you know. So I guess the next Scenario, uh, we stick on the NASCAR theme here. Do you think the NASCAR czars, the people that run the organization, are they not so subtly condoning a little physicality between the drivers to get more viewers, possibly at the risk of the drivers themselves? Well, Coach, uh, when was the last time we spoke about NASCAR for five minutes on our radio program? Good point. Okay, so, yes, I hate to tell you, they're they're – they're going to do the whole, mm-hmm. oh, don't do that, as they wink at the mm-hmm. race car drivers. Okay. I hate to tell you that's exactly what's going on. You are once again the voice of reason on this show, Big Dog, and it just shows you how low this show is stooped. If you're the voice of reason, we are really in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah, Coach, I'll try to I'll try to be ir- uh, unreasonable soon. If well, really that's what we to. count on for our ratings here. That's, okay. uh, that I'm the one who's supposed to be reasonable. You're unreasonable. But okay, that's good. Good. I'll, I'll get back to that. I'll Thank get you back very to the much. Character. All right. eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Phone lines are open. Little sports guys talk politics, the voting in Iraq, NASCAR situation. We talk some college hoops. March Madness early on in the uh, Big East tournament continues today. We did a little spring training update with our favorite baseball teams and. Um, very quickly on the hockey front, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks might be the best team in the NHL, certainly one of the best records, maybe the best young team in the NHL, but they have issues, Big Dog. I don't know how many of our other listeners are aware, but we have here in the city what might be called Goalie Gate. A great team, but we can't find a goalie. And, and you know what the sad thing is, Coach, is I'm not trying to say these goalies are really good or anything like that, but they're not bad. They're above average. Both of them are top ten in save percentage. And winning percentage, but you had, but you had since you know when you have a great team, you have to find something to pick at. And the, quite obviously, the weakest part of this whole particular team is the goaltending, and it's not even bad mm-hmm. because it's the weakest part. Though it continues to get picked on, and but I, I have to admit, coach, I would really wish they did pick up a goalie, uh, a mm-hmm. good one for the for the playoff run. But we're stuck with Huey, we're stuck with Niemi. And these guys are just going to have to get it done. I mean, let's, you know, 
No more complaining, no more whining. These guys have been, you know, they're going to get their opportunity to play in the playoffs. What's interesting, it seems to be uh, what's becoming what they would call a self-fulfilling prophecy. In other words, there's been so much written about the fact that the two goalies are not good enough to get the Hawks a Stanley Cup championship. They're okay, but that's the one weak link in the armor. They're not good enough to get us the championship. And you're right, UA and Niami were both playing pretty good start of the season. Hawks were rolling, but there's been so much written about it. The coach and the players are starting to think about it. The coach is making goalies switch back and forth. And now the goalies, it's getting in their head, and they're starting to play worse than they were. It's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy when I kind of agree with you, Big Dog. Early on, it really wasn't that much of a problem. No, it was not a problem. And you're right, and it seems like they've kind of created one with a little bit of paranoia in the way. Mm -hmm. And and there is uh, one way of solving that, and, and, and NHL fans will know that. If you play great defense... If you play lockdown, solid defense, obviously there's going to be shots on goal. But play great deep, protect your, make your goalie better. The defenseman can, in fact, make the goalie play better. They do. They absolutely do. The, the Blackhawks allow the least amount of shots on goal in the NHL. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, you ask them to do a coach, and they've been doing it. Yeah, but but but, but there's there's been a chink in that armor of late, too, a little bit. Well, it, well, it seems like lately they, they've been out shooting people like forty-five, twenty, and losing games. Well, it, exactly. Well, okay. So you're saying the defenses protect guys? I, I was going to come up with the theories. That, not that I've watched every single Blackhawk game, but the defense is almost feeling the pressure that we got to protect the goalie, and so the self-fulfilling prophecy started with the goalie, and it's starting to inch up, if you know what I'm getting at. To the defense now, because they're playing so protective, we got to protect our goalie. As you know in sports, when you play afraid, when you play protective, that's when you play your worst. I don't think there's anything that you play well that you play afraid. Seriously, I really can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So yeah, stick- you're right. It's not good. You gotta you gotta attack, and you have to have that type of attitude mm-hmm. without a doubt. All right. Final topic, and I know you're a big football guy. This is gonna be very hard to do. But producer David Olson just uh, wrote down, tell Joel he has one minute and 29 seconds to talk about spring football and the beginning of the second season in college football. Uh, this is this is another one of those like spring training years uh, like stuff. You hear all this stuff that sounds, oh, this is great, oh, I can't wait, and then does it? None of it really matters, Coach. So you're right. I really was just joking about how I wanted to touch on mm-hmm. uh, spring football. Did- the only thing really exciting uh, for an Illinois fan is you know we have uh, new offensive and new defensive coordinators coming in here, and hopefully those guys can actually. Uh, gear this team in the in the correct direction is the mm-hmm. best way for me to put it. See, Notre Dame Brian Kelly, he's taken a, a different approach than what you just described, which is accurate of most college uh, spring football regimes. He's going to go all out. He's going to put their system in. He's going to expect the players to know it. And the annual, whatever they call it, the blue-gold game, when they split up teams, usually it's kind of a scrimmage. He uh-huh. says it's going to be an all-out game. Players will play to win. He's creating a new... Uh, Mindset, if you will, with the Fighting Irish. Oh, your first year uh, on a campus, I, I think it's that. Uh, you're right. That spring trade, that spring football, is really important, though, Coach. I, I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. And Brian Kelly's doing the right thing if he's trying to create a, a buzz and a, a little bit of atmosphere on mm-hmm. his uh, spring football ah, practice. Beautiful, beautiful, big dog. Great stuff today. We covered the gamut, my friend. I appreciate your joining us. You are off tomorrow, and we will uh, touch base. Will we not on Friday? I believe you're scheduled to come back on. Yeah, hopefully uh, I will be okay, Coach. I will be getting beat up tonight by a martial art expert. So, I beg your pardon? Yes, I'll tell you about it on Friday, Coach.
Well, tell me about it now. we got 45 seconds. Oh, well, I'm just going to get beat up by a, a martial art expert tonight. Are you getting paid for this, or are you just yes, like Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You're getting paid to be beat up by a martial yeah. Is this a date? <laughs> I'll tell you something. Yeah, she's a black belt. <laughs> All right. Pain never felt Hello. so good, huh? Uh, all right. Uh, we will pursue no further. Thanks for listening, everybody. We much appreciate it. Dog, be good. We'll talk to you Friday. We'll talk to you Friday. All right. Joel Radwanski, baseball, basketball, sports, politics, and apparently jujitsu expert joining us. We are going to sign off. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. The young kid, Justin Weiner, will be in the house. We'll do a two-hour show tomorrow. The Youth Sports Fan Forum at 11 o'clock. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day out there for two guys and a mic and the TalkZone.com. Be good. See you tomorrow.